like I had mentioned in a couple episodes of the podcast, uh, the, the one thing about being a father and doing episodes uh, from home is that you're going to have very, very special guests, like our very special guest, Bobby. Bobby, can you say hi? Hi! Good afternoon or good evening, depending on what time you're listening to this, and welcome to Go Ask Your Father, the podcast for dads, by dads, and about dads. Before we get started with today's episode, if you haven't already, I would greatly appreciate it if you gave our Facebook and Instagram pages a follow. You can join in on the discussion, enjoy daily dad jokes, and find out where the podcast can be listened to. You can find us at Go Ask Your Father Podcast. This last month has been such an awesome time for the show, and it's because of you listeners that the Bracket Challenge was a success that it was. I'd like to thank everyone who took their time in not just creating these episodes, but for those of you who had listened and joined in on the fun. I've been asked once or twice if this is something that we'll be doing again, and I can say here and now that it is a very real possibility. Now, as I posted on our Facebook page over the last week or two, we're going to be switching gears for this month. I've enjoyed talking with other dads and hearing their stories. I really enjoyed discussing the great TV dads that we all grew up with, but this month we'll be discussing something a little different. April is Autism Awareness Month, and for those of you who just started listening to the podcast, my son Bobby is on the autism spectrum. I felt like this was a good time of year to take a few episodes to talk about not just Bobby, but the diagnosis as a whole. Over the next few weeks, we'll be talking with a few therapists, getting their views and how they help those who are on the spectrum, and we'll also be ending this series with a roundtable discussion with a few dads whose kids are also autistic. Today, however, I thought we could start the series off by talking about Bobby his diagnosis, the signs we noticed, and his story. We'll also be talking a little bit about some of the more common misconceptions of kids who are on the autism spectrum. Perhaps you noticed, though, that I said we. Well, I decided in order to talk about our son and to tell his story in full, a very special guest was needed. Today, making her Go Ask Your Father debut, she's my partner in crime, my best friend, the woman who has inspired and supported me and my podcasting dream, the person who made me a father. It is my lovely and beautiful wife, Caitlin Donnelly. Caitlin, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. So you've been with me from the beginning of this shenanigans of Go Ask Your Father. Yes. Yes. Have you enjoyed it so far? Yes. Usually I'm in the next room putting Bobby to sleep and correcting you via text message. <laughs> That's actually very true. I've been getting text messages pretty consistently. Uh but although you have been a little quiet during the bracket challenge, but I think that's yes, yes, uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, like I said, we're going to be talking about Bobby today. Um, obviously, he's our son, and this is kind of the awkward part because I'm trying to get started with talking about exactly everything that we want to touch base on. Um, but I guess the best place to start with his story is the beginning. And, I mean, there are 
there are all sorts of ways to kind of tell if there's uh, an issue going on, whether it's with a child or anything else. Um, but we noticed a few different signs with Bobby when um, we started to have questions. So let's talk about that. Yeah, so around 18 months to two years is when we started to notice some signs with Bobby. Uh, one of them was that he would flap his arms when he was excited. Also, he had trouble making eye contact uh, with us and with everybody else. Uh, he also had trouble socializing uh, with strangers as well as kids his own age. Also, he would walk on his tiptoes, which was something we thought was cute, uh, but we never thought it was a sign of... That there was anything wrong. Yeah. That's true. And I remember the we didn't really think of autism when this was happening. Uh, yeah, we were thinking speech delay uh, because at that point he was nonverbal. Um, he would babble a little bit, but he didn't have any words. So we were thinking speech delay, developmental delay... Um, but autism really wasn't on our radar yet. It was our old pediatrician is the first person to say the word autism to us. Or I should say, say it to Caitlin. Because I was unfortunately not at that doctor's appointment. I wasn't able to get the time off work for it. Um, but I do remember you texting me and saying that it was a possibility. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that doctor's appointment? or I don't. Okay. <laughs> There's been so many and they all blur together. I remember the appointment where he was diagnosed. Uh, that was right around his third birthday. Um, but at two was when they really started to suspect. But we didn't get that diagnosis till three. So at two, he started speech therapy through RISP, a Rural Infant Services Program. Uh, he did speech therapy with them. And after that, he went to the two-year-old preschool program through Gloucester County Public Schools. We got very, very fortunate when it comes to uh, services uh, for Bobby and his story and everything that he's been going through because the school system, and this is one thing a lot of parents of special needs kids or kids who are on the spectrum, however you want to say it, uh, one of their biggest complaints is not having enough support in the school system. But I think we got very, very lucky oh, and yeah. very fortunate with that and their support of us and Bobby. Yeah. Um, because it wasn't just the two-year-old program. Yeah, he started in the two-year-old program. It was just uh, one day a week for half a day. Um, but also that teacher would come out to the house once a week as well to work with us one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, after that, he did the three-year-old program, which was four whole days a week. Um, and he was able. <laughs> so, like I had mentioned in a couple episodes of the podcast, uh, the, the one thing about being a father and doing episodes uh, from home is that you're going to have very, very special guests, like our very special guest, Bobby. Bobby, can you say hi? Hi. Bobby has joined us uh, for the recording today, so he'll be hanging out with us. And if you hear him in the background, it's just Bobby being Bobby. Yeah. So So he did the three- and four-year-old program. Um, that was four full days a week. And through that program, he also got speech therapy and OT. 
And then when he turned five, he joined the self-contained classroom uh, where he is with a group of peers who are not all autistic. They have uh, varying special needs, uh, but it's been a really great class for him. Absolutely, because not everyone in the classroom, it's not just uh, neurological disorders. There's some physical uh, handicaps and uh different varying degrees of special needs. But a lot of these kids have been able to model behavior for Bobby. And he's been able to look at his peers and his classmates and really get an idea. Because that's like one of the big things that has helped Bobby progress. Because as we've mentioned before or earlier in the episode, um, Bobby was nonverbal. Now at this point, thanks to speech therapy and as well, not just within the school system, but with outside speech therapy. And we'll touch on that in a few minutes. Um, But he has made the transition from nonverbal to verbal. Mm -hmm. While his speech is still somewhat limited, he has made such great progress and is able to articulate that to us. Mm -hmm. So, um, but like I alluded to, Bobby does more than just speech and occupational therapy through the school system. Uh, we also got very lucky to find an independent uh, therapy service here in our county that has helped us. Mm-hmm. So like, do you remember when we first started? Uh, he started with a Bayside Children's Therapy Network, I believe at two and a half. Yeah maybe closer to three. Uh, He started just with speech, and then we added OT, and that's been really great for him. He goes one night a week uh, after school, so it's great to have those extra supports. Absolutely, because with those extra supports, he has been able to show great progress. Um, But probably the biggest thing, one of the biggest helps has been, which was actually, it's kind of funny, a little bit of a God thing. Because we were driving home from one of Bobby's uh, doctor's appointments with the developmental pediatrician. And we just noticed one of those signs just like flapping in the breeze. And we saw, we thought it said music therapy. So we ended up looking at yeah, it. Up- I, so I Googled, because uh, it was in York County. So I Googled York County music therapy. And right there, Tidewater music therapy popped up. Uh, We had never heard of them before. Um, Turns out that sign said physical therapy. (laughs) Um, But it was meant to be because um, very shortly after that, we had our initial evaluation with Megan with Tidewater Music Therapy. um, And it just took off from there. Um, It was really rough starting. Um, Bobby takes a while to let people in his bubble. Um, so there were some very rough sessions that were just full of screaming and bribery. Um, but now he looks forward to going. Um, he's made awesome, awesome progress. And we're just thrilled. We love Megan. She's the best. And we'll actually be hearing from Megan next week and discussing a little bit more about music therapy and the benefits that children and even adults can gain from music therapy, not just like kids who are on the autism spectrum but adults who suffer from ptsd dementia dementia i mean there's a long list of people who benefit 
from a therapy like music therapy. And it's, it's truly an amazing service. And one that was, like we said, a little bit of a godsend. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got very, very lucky with that. Mm-hmm. Um, some people might be, uh, I don't want to say concerned, but a little uh, thrown off that he started so early. I mean, at two years old, going through all these therapies and everything. Mm-hmm. But we found that... Um, early intervention is the key. Absolutely. Um, it's so important to start in those early years. You start with those in the early years and really kind of make that baseline so that way he can continue to make progress. So he's not, when it's time to start school, it's he's ready to go. So mm-hmm. he's excited and he's kind of used to the routine a little bit. And at the same time, he's able to socialize with his peers mm-hmm. a little bit easier. So uh, that's always what somebody has, everyone has said to us yeah. ever since. Um, just the idea was floated mm-hmm. that Bobby might be on the autism spectrum, that early intervention is the key to success mm-hmm. for kids. So, And it can be hard for him, you know, uh, especially right now. He is in school four days a week, and then he's at therapy three days a week. Um, so it can be a little bit of a challenge um, juggling different therapies. So you just have to find the best fit for you. Um, I think it's super important if you're on this journey, whether you're a friend of someone on this journey, um, to know that if a therapy isn't working for you, it's okay to say no. Um, It's okay to find a new therapist. Uh, You just have to do what's best for your child. Absolutely. Because that's the biggest thing is uh, we've gotten very fortunate with their therapists. Uh, I think we've had to change once or twice. Uh, Once because uh, one of our therapists ended up moving uh, another was, um, she had a baby, she had a baby. So we ended up having to find someone else. I mean, it, it's, but Bobby has, cause there's a lot of kids who are on the spectrum who have to adhere to a rigorous on the dot schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bobby is, is very fortunately not like that. Yeah, uh, he's very flexible. He's very, very flexible child. He's very good with going with the flow. So we've, we've gotten very fortunate with that. Um, we touched a little bit on it, but working with the school system, uh, for those who don't know, uh, a lot of kids who are labeled as special needs get what is called an IEP. Mm-hmm. Can you touch on that a little bit? So an IEP is an individualized education plan. Um, we have been in IEP since he was two years old. Um, he's now six. He'll be seven in August. Uh, so we have been through our share of IEP meetings. They can be scary. They can be stressful. Um, I will admit I did yell at someone in one of them <laughs> um, because the IEP process is just all about saying what your child needs help with um, and what supports they need in place to succeed um, thankfully these days we're in a much better place with our IEPs. We actually just had his meeting to prepare for next year and we were thrilled that he has met almost all of his goals. Um, shout out to Miss Till at Abingdon. Um, she is the absolute best teacher that we could ask for with Bobby. Um, so his IEP process has become really just of a checkup now that, um, it's just all of us working together, collaborating with his teachers and his school OT and speech. 
um, just all working together to do what's best for Bobby. Absolutely. And one thing that I want to touch on is that um, obviously Bobby or any child on the spectrum comes with its challenges as far as parenting is concerned Mm -hmm. Um, because he does not always understand or maybe I'm trying to find the right way to put this. It's like you try and tell him something and it doesn't like click right away. Yeah, sometimes you have to repeat things or um, say a different word, maybe something that he's more familiar with. Absolutely. So patience and grace under fire and being able to handle what can be fairly high stressful situations at from time to time because you also have to kind of juggle and balance what is a tantrum and what is a meltdown. Mm-hmm. Can Explain what a meltdown is. Uh, So a meltdown is when he goes into like a sensory overload. Um, So for Bobby specifically, that could be um, that he's overstimulated by noise, um, which is weird because he's the loudest person I know. (laughs) Uh, But but certain noises do bother him, um, like dogs barking. Uh, We are very fortunate that our dog is not really a barker. Um, So things like that, um, if he's too hot, especially, uh, he seems to run like 10 degrees warmer than everybody else. Um, So if he's too hot, um, things like that, um, too much light, um, if he's too tired or too hungry. Um, So the meltdowns he can't control. Um, That's just completely out of his control Um, But a tantrum is just like any kid would throw. Um, And we have been seeing more temper tantrums lately than meltdowns. Uh, Thankfully, one thing music therapy does help with is the behavioral regulation. So he's really gotten better at knowing, you know, when to take a step back or to let us know that something is too much. And we've also noticed, we know now a lot of what his triggers are. Um, So yeah, but a temper tantrum, that's just what any... He's he, very stubborn and he wants to get his way. <laughs> that's true. And I, he does not always get his way. That's one great thing about Bobby is he is very, very strong-willed. And it's it's wonderful to see. Yeah. Because it, especially in a world like we currently live in, you need kind of that strong will and that stubbornness to mm-hmm. thrive. Yeah. So you need to be able to say this is what you want and you're going to do what you have to do to get it. So... Um, the differences from Bobby, obviously every kid grows up and there's differences from the time they were two to how they are now. Mm -hmm. But what do you think is the biggest difference between Bobby when he first started on this journey and how he is today? Mm, Absolutely. His language. Um, I remember in those two to three year old years, I was working from home at that point and it was just quiet, just always so quiet. He didn't really have any words. Um, and now he sings all the time. Um, <laughs> if you're happy and you know it, um, his ABCs, Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, uh, Wheels on the Bus. Oh, yeah. He is just always singing. Um, he knows his alphabet. He can count to like 40. Um, he knows his colors and his shapes. And uh, there's just never a quiet moment now, <laughs> whether it's him or his iPad. Uh, there's always noise. Um, and it doesn't bother me. I'm always very grateful, uh, to hear him talking. Absolutely. Cause that was the one thing It's like, 
especially in my family, we're a family of talkers. So being able to have Bobby share in with that. And, uh, um, at the moment, right now, I'd like to take a little detour and talk about a couple misconceptions as far as kids on the spectrum or adults on the spectrum even, um, or autism as a whole. Like one of the big things that seems to go around, and for one, I don't know why it's still around at this point, but probably one of the biggest misconceptions about autism is that it's caused by vaccines. False. False. Wrong. False. I'm going to put like a buzzer in this. Meh. Nope. Sorry. Um, there was a paper written in 1998. I'm not going to tell you who because at this point the guy's lost his doctorate. And, but basically his papers uh, said or suggested that the autism was caused by vaccines for measles mumps and rubella vac and rubella is that right mmr vaccine and that's what triggers autism but it was found later on that he actually doctored his work and he actually rescinded the work and ended up losing his doctorate over that particular mm -hmm. stupid asinine mistake if you ask me but but we get that a lot, though. I mean, mm -hmm. there's still a lot of parents out there who uh, believe in this because of something they read on the Internet. But it has been proven multiple times over that. Mm -hmm. No, get your vaccines. Get your vaccines. It's going to help you. Uh, another one, um, a myth that seems to go around is that kids on the spectrum don't feel emotion. We can tell you from firsthand experience, Bobby has plenty of it. <laughs> yes. Most of the time it's happy. Absolutely. I mean, there's still instances of sadness and you can just and tell. Fear. And fear. Absolutely. Yeah. I and mean, anger. Oh, yeah. It's there. Uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's ridiculous because there's, it's not like they're not human. They feel emotion. Mm -hmm. They just express it differently. Yeah. So it's just another way of them viewing the world. So, uh, God, stupid. Autistic children won't experience meaningful futures. Meh. No. I mean, there's plenty of people out there who have been diagnosed uh, autistic. The and Pikachu guy? The Pikachu guy, the creator of the Nintendo. Uh, the one from Ghostbusters. <sighs> Harold Ramis? No. Is it Dan Aykroyd? Dan Aykroyd? Really? Dan Aykroyd? I Aykroyd's? might be wrong. Okay. Okay, let's set it uh, <laughs> Maybe Maybe not Dan Aykroyd. We'll look that up later on. Uh, but Sir Anthony Hopkins uh, is another one. Uh, the guy who created Pokemon, we already said that one. I mean, there are plenty of people out there who have been diagnosed uh, with ASD. It's just, it's not like... Tim Burton. Tim Burton. Uh, yeah, Dan Aykroyd. Dan, really? I was right. Okay, we looked this up. We were just... Hans Christian Andersen. Hans Christian Andersen. Um, let's see. Charles Darwin, Emily Dickinson, Albert Einstein, Bill Gates... Uh, Thomas Jefferson. 
So the list just goes on and on. Mozart, <laughs> Michelangelo. Yeah, try and tell me these people weren't Jerry successful. Jerry Seinfeld. They didn't have meaningful lives. Uh-huh, sure. Uh, oh, God, here's another stupid one. People with autism are violent. I mean, potentially, yes, but you know what? I know plenty of people who aren't autistic that are violent, so we can just stick that one in the bag. And <laughs> Yeah, well, and that goes back to the meltdowns. I mean, when Bobby is having a true meltdown, um, he does kick, uh, he does hit. Um, so, yes, that is violent, um, but... You know, at six years old, we now have a handle on it. We know that he needs to go, you know, in a quiet, calm environment where he's safe, where he can have those feelings uh, without hurting anyone. Oh, here's another one. All people with autism spectrum disorder have special gifts or savant abilities. It, no. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's incorrect. Not accurate. Yeah, everyone has different abilities. Absolutely. Uh, Oh, here's one. We are in the midst of an autism epidemic. Uh, False. Yeah. I I believe at this point, more it's becoming more common, just based on the sole fact that doctors can recognize the symptoms easier. Mm -hmm. Like more knowledge is power at this point in our society Mm -hmm. so being able to view this and see it and understand it is really uh what has been causing this epidemic but really it's autism has been around for centuries it's just now people are getting the diagnosis and getting the supports they need versus they might have previously just been seen as like the weird kid or the stubborn kid. Exactly. Or just someone who's put into an asylum because nobody knew how to handle what they were going through. So, uh, one more. Autism can be cured. Let, let's go ahead and get this out there. Autism is not a sickness. Mm-hmm. It is a different way of viewing the world. It is a different way of seeing the world. It's not something to be cured because it's not something that needs to be cured. Mm -hmm. Um, Every child and adult who lives on the autism spectrum is exactly who they're meant to be. So it's how God made them. It's how they are meant to be in this world. Mm -hmm. And... Honestly, it's a beautiful thing because mm-hmm. that's one thing about Bobby for me is watching him walk through the world and seeing as how he embraces it. Mm-hmm. It just it makes me happy. Yeah, he just has so much joy. I mean, the smallest things can bring him joy. Things that to us, we would just walk on by, but he sees a tree or he sees a shadow or the sunshine and it just makes him happy. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot in this world that... A lot of things in this world that we need to cure. I mean, cancer. I mean, there's countless things in this world that need to be cured and need to have a solution. Autism is not one of those yeah. things. Not so, a cure. Not Treatments. A, treatments, yes. Therapies. Therapies. Way to help. Um, but not a cure. No. So, 
Um, we're around about 30 minutes for the show. Um, this is going to be a little bit of a easier episode. We, I mean, we could probably go on for hours talking about Bobby mm-hmm. and telling stories, but, uh, I think for this first week, uh, touching on his journey and his story, I think that this is a good place to wrap up. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll have a part two someday and we'll have a part. Oh, we'll definitely have a part two someday. And actually Caitlin will be coming back on the show in a couple weeks for our Mother's Day Spectacular because I will need a co-host for that. And you know what? Who better to join me than my beautiful, wonderful, fantastic wife? So, But I, I would like to thank Caitlin for joining me on the show today and helping me share the story of our son Bobby and to give everyone a little insight into life of a child with special needs. If you have any questions concerning autism or are curious about something, feel free to reach out to us here on the show or you can actually follow Bobby's adventures on Bobby's World on Facebook. Uh, just search for Bobby's World. You'll see his happy face. <laughs> Stay tuned for the next chapter in our series about autism as Megan from Tidewater Music Therapy will be joining us next week to sit down and talk about music therapy and the benefits of and how. And you know what? We just might have a little bit of a music therapy session during the, ser- during the, uh, during the podcast. We'll see how it goes. But until then, Bobby, say bye-bye. Bye-bye.